Greetings in that strong and blessed name of Jesus. Amen. I bring you greetings from the Church of God in Cleveland, in Cleveland, Ohio. Amen. Uh, March 31st, I uh, retired from pastoring, okay? I passed the baton, whichever hand you're supposed to pass it with, uh, to a young man who I've groomed for uh, eight years, and uh, I know he's going to do a good job. So I've stepped away and uh, trying to give him opportunity just to get settled. And, you know, it's been the hardest thing to step away after 20 years and, and not go around so that young man can be established. You know, I'm like, yikes, you know. Uh, at one point, uh, I got depressed. You know, I'm like, Chris Lump, my wife is Chris I'm depressed. You know, but I believe I need to stay away for a while and get him settled, you know, because I, I, I know of a case where... Um, the new pastor took over, and the old pastor was still sitting there, and he hadn't really give up on the pastor yet, and he's still trying to work this thing. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. So anyway, so I appreciate being here. I'll be doing um, radio, TV, ministry. You know, we already do something on Facebook. Um, and I'm also doing workshops, going into different churches. I did a workshop uh, just last Saturday in Canton, Ohio. Uh, Church of God Worship Center, uh, Spiritual Warfare Workshop. So, so we're, we're doing several things, so I appreciate your prayers. Amen. Glad to be here. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Amen. And uh, I appreciate your prayers as we uh, go to today's lesson. Uh, let me just pray right now. Father, in the strong and blessed name of Jesus, thank you for the awesome privilege to stand before the mighty men and women of God in a dynamic congregation. Appreciate uh, Pastor uh, Tony Bartlett, uh, my friend. Thank you for his faithfulness over the years, and his lovely wife, Sister Donna. So we offer up tonight as a sweet smell, as a sacrifice well-pleasing. It's in Jesus' strong name we pray. People of God said, amen, amen. Uh, I want to warn you that you know, sometimes I get a little excited, okay? So don't get upset. All right. So <laughs> maybe I get a little loud, but don't get upset, okay? Praise our God. Listen, I want to start with a scripture as a springboard. Uh, Revelation uh, chapter 16. Uh, in Revelation chapter 16, uh, verse 13, just as a springboard. And this is a, this is a, a familiar scripture to you. Amen. Uh, it was always in the Bible, but it was first brought to my attention when Brother Emerson was, was preaching, you know, and, uh, and it really caught my attention because this scripture says this. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Now, I know that means different things to different people, but one thing it ought to mean to all of us is that uh, we're in the midst of spiritual warfare, okay? And, and I believe as, the, uh, as time goes on, this warfare is intensifying. Now, we see it manifested in different ways. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, they're teaching our kids in kindergarten, you know, Johnny's got two dads or two moms or uh, uh, in uh, some states, they allow kids in elementary school to have sex changes. Come on, that doesn't even make sense. But nevertheless, uh, 
This is the kind of stuff that we're up against. And this is the, these unclean spirits going out like frogs, deceiving uh, the world. Okay? And we sit back and we, understand, we say, how come folks are making those kind of decisions? They're deceived. They can't see it. I know it's crazy, but, but that's where we are. I mean, uh, critical race theory, amen. Uh, formerly males competing in women's sports, all kind of stuff like this. But, but that's just one aspect of it, okay? I, what I want to do today is I'm going to challenge you in some areas where these unclean spirits are working, but a little bit closer to home, okay? Because sometimes uh, we can't see how they're working when they work close to us. And sometimes, because they're working close to us, we'll stumble and we can't make the progress that we need to make. But I believe that God wants us to make spiritual progress, okay? And so, amen. So I'm using this as a springboard. You know what? And I haven't preached that many times down here, but, you know, one of my concerns was, are you preaching something you already preached again? Preached there before? You know what? What God says to me, even so, preach it again. You know, I used to preach things in my congregation more than once. And somebody says, why did you preach it more than once? Because they didn't get it the first time. I mean, some of them got it, you know, but God says, preach, this, preach it again. So anyway, I'm going to preach this again if you've heard it. But I need your prayers, okay? Now, when the preacher stand up and say, please pray for me, he sure enough mean that. Please pray for me, okay? Amen. Did I see Walt Williams back there? I, I, yeah, there's Walt. How you doing, Walt? Praise God. All right. <laughs> Amen. Well, good to see you. Another one of our brothers from Korea. You know, when I went to Korea, I thought I was saved, but I wasn't. When I got there, uh, I realized real quick that I was not saved. And uh, uh, in time, though, uh, God uh, brought me under conviction. Sitting at the bar one day, I decided that I'm going back to my room and make a decision for Christ. And so it was after that I ran into uh, the brothers. You know, I, I walked out of my room and I saw this brother going this way. And I went to the bathroom. I came back. I saw the brother going this way. And I said, man, something's going on. How can I see that same guy going two different directions? Well, I didn't know they were twins. And so, uh, but I found out, you know. And so as I got to know uh, Brother Anthony, he wanted to challenge me uh, if I was saved or not. So I told him, I said, I'm, I'm saved. And he says, well, well, I actually shared the bridge illustration with me. And I told him, I'm on the right-hand side of that bridge. I'm saved. And so he wants to, well, can you pray the sinner's prayer again? I already prayed it. Well, could you pray it so I can hear it? Yeah, that's the kind of pastor you got. You know, he, he, he wanted me to pray again. So I prayed it again. You know, but, but through his contact, you know, uh, we were able to get into a discipleship program and rooted and grounded and then Brother Wilson's tapes. And anyway, it was an awesome time. And, and so we thank God for what he has done over the years. Amen. Well, praise our God. Yes, we did not know we were going to be preachers and we did not know we were going to be Church of God preachers. Imagine that. OK, anyway. So anyway, praise God. I'm going to move on. I want to hold you up uh, too late tonight. But uh, what I want to talk to you about is that you see these unclean spirits that, that, that's going out into the world, okay, uh, they have attacked us to various avenues. And I, and I was kind of torn what I wanted to share with you because uh, 
I do a lot of counseling in this particular area. And so I know that there's about seven areas uh, that I look for that the enemy is attacking believers. I'm not going to talk on that, though, but I, I want to talk to you uh, on a more general subject. I want to talk to you about closing doors, closing doors. I'm going to give you some definitions and I'll move right on. And you just pray for me as we walk through this, because I want to uncover the enemy, because I want you to have greater victory in your day to day living. OK, so so when I talk in terms of closing doors, what do I mean when I say doorways? So first of all, when I talk in terms of doorways uh, in your lives, uh, a doorway can be open in your life through willful disobedience. OK, willful disobedience. Open doorways that allow Satan to come against you and an entry into your family, and your bloodline. And so, uh, so you know, somebody says, well, you, 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 you're weird. Well, yeah, maybe so. But you know what? Uh, I was counseling a guy, and uh, he was about 90, maybe 92. And I've been going to the hospital to see him a couple times. And, uh, but one day I went there, and he was, like, different. And so I'm like, what happened to this guy? What, what's happening? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this happens every time. I'm just talking about this time, okay? This guy had had a blood transfusion. And apparently, whoever had that blood and whatever they were into had an impact on this man. And somebody said, that's weird. Well, all I know, once I realized what was going on, I bind the devil in the name of Jesus, and I broke the curse in that bloodline. And that guy flipped back. Look, I'm just telling you what happened, okay? So, all right, the guy flipped back, and I said, whoa. I said, I, I, I never seen that before. But so it tells me then blood transfusion is all right. Amen. But when I know somebody close to me has gotten one, I said, Ken, we need to pray and break any curse off that bloodline. I know that sounds weird, but look, I'm just saying, okay? The devil doesn't fight fair. That doesn't mean that that's a problem in every case, but as a rule, I say, hey, if you have a blood transfusion, let's break any curses that came through the bloodline because uh, the bloodline is important. Okay, all right. So, so you say, well, you, you just got started and you already lost me. Well, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to do that, okay? All right, nevertheless, uh, and so uh, I'm talking about willful disobedience, though, and that area was not an area of disobedience at all. But, but if I disobey God, that does open doors. And I, so when I say opening doors, uh, a doorway is an opening in your life through willful disobedience that allows Satan to come against you and enter into your bloodline, okay? Uh, I told you before, I knew a young lady who was uh, sexualized by her dad, but she was also sexualized by her uncle. And I don't know, uh, dad might have been in it, granddad might have been in that too, but somehow that sin entered into that bloodline, and it was going from generation to generation to generation. And those kind of things don't stop unless you break it, okay? Somebody says... How do you do that? Well, we, we may talk about that. Listen, so, so, but the other thing I want to do is just give it some definitions. A doorway can become a stronghold, okay? So we talk doorways, disobedience, open doorways, particularly repeated disobedience. 
in any area of life. Oh, yeah, but I, I'm under grace. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm you know, in grace, God can, listen, listen, listen. Repeated sin is a doorway, okay? All right. Uh, but a doorway can become a stronghold. You say, well, what's a stronghold? Well, Satan wants to gain a position of strength in your life, and he can do that if you are consistently in sin. So, uh, so yeah, you might say forgiveness, but sometimes that doorway becomes a stronghold. It gives Satan a beachhead. If you think about a beachhead, you know, in the old uh, movies, you know, they landed on the beach, but they couldn't get very far because uh, the enemy was in this pillbox. <laughs> well, what the enemy wants to do is gain a stronghold in your life. And from that strong position, he just keeps you off balance. But because of repeated sin, you have allowed him to gain this stronghold. And that stronghold needs to be broken, okay? All right. Listen, I'm just talking about these three unclean spirits like frogs. They have gone out, and they are gaining ground in believers' life, and they are hindering believers. So a lot of believers are unbalanced, and they can't understand why I can't get a grip on life, because there's a doorway that needs to be closed in your life. Anyway, so the enemy wants to gain a stronghold. So a stronghold is any area of repeated disobedience. Now get this, a stronghold is any area of repeated disobedience where Satan has convinced you that victory is impossible. Because after so many times falling on your face, he tells you you can't get victory. He's convinced you that victory is impossible, but he is a liar. Okay, that's victory for you. Okay, the devil is a liar. You say, yeah, but you don't know how many times I fail. I don't care how many times you fail. That's victory for you. And, and, and in some of these areas, uh, folks don't want to talk to the pastor about it. Because you might be on the deacon board. But you still need to be delivered. That door still needs to be closed. The devil is still a liar. Listen. Now, strongholds can lead to or may have already led to what I want to term as demonic invasion. Somebody, what are you talking about? Somebody says, you're talking about demon possession? No, no, no. The, the, the demonic in, in, in Mark 5, or, or what scripture that is, with the thousand demons. Now, that he was possessed. And the best terminology for other, words, other examples probably be demonized. And so, uh, demonized means Satan or demons have control over some area of your life. Okay? Uh, demon possession is when Satan has complete control, like the man who dwelt in the tombs uh, with the 1,000 demons in Mark 5. Okay? So, so. Here's the point. Satan wants to not only gain a stronghold in your life, he wants to demonize you. Now, somebody says, well, you know, you're saved, so believers can't be demonized. Okay, all right, if you like the term uh, oppressed better, but whether it's, you call it oppression or whether you call it demonized, the same, it takes the same things for deliverance. Okay, you know, I mean, <laughs> same thing, okay? Because you, you're not going to get delivered any other way. And so uh, if your theology says uh, he was oppressed, great. All right? You know, because I, my theology messed up a lot. You know, I'm telling you, a lot. So what do you mean? I was over in Africa, and I preached a sermon. And at the end of the sermon, you know, I said, Lord, I got this plane to catch. He says, no, you can do some ministry. And so I'm like, okay. 
And so all those folks at the altar, first lady I went to pray for, she was the same lady who was leading the worship. Did a great job. I touched her and said, can I pray? Ah, she fell. And I'm like, God, what's going on here? So then I got down on my knees and I touched her. Ah! So I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to do. So I said, could you take her to the office and we'll talk to, with her later. But make a long story short, when I did get back to talk to that lady, because I've been thinking about what's going on with that lady. Finally, I said, when I got back to the office and talked to her, I said, sister, I believe that there's something in you that God wants me to cast out. Somebody said, yeah, but she was a worship leader. Yeah, no, no, I know. And she did a good job. Yeah, yeah, I know. But so uh, she says, okay. And so I said, okay, with a demon that God has summoned for judgment, identify yourself. Bam, there was this demon there. And so, uh, make a long story short, we cast out three demons out of that lady. And uh, uh, I did ask the demon at one point, who does she belong to? He said, Jesus. Somebody you, was he lying? Well, well, you know what your theology is, you know, but point is, uh, and I've cast out a lot of demons. But I've never cast out a demon out of one who said they were not a Christian. So I know that's a problem. So, so somebody says, well, maybe all those people were oppressed. Maybe they were. But I'm just telling you, Satan liked to take it to another level where he controls some area of your life. That's all I'm saying. And now, because we are at war with evil supernaturalism. We are at war with evil supernaturalism. Yes, we are. Uh, the Bible teaches us there's two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of darkness, and there's a kingdom of light. And those three unclean spirits that went out, we know they're from, they represent the kingdom of darkness. And the Bible tells us, amen, that Satan is able to, to catch people uh, 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 at his will. In, first, in 2 Timothy, it tells us that, uh, uh, he was talking about some people who attitude wasn't the best in the world. But in verse 26, 2 Timothy 2, 26, he says, uh, they were praying that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him unto his will. And so he has the ability to take folks captive if they're not careful. That's why we're not ignorant of his devices, because he will take you captive if you're not careful. If you're not in the word of God, you know, I don't have to come to Bible study, you know. Hey, I don't have to come. To Look, all I'm telling you is that the enemy is active. And those three unclean spirits that went out, they're going to work through the political arena, but they're working in more subtle areas, too. And the Spirit of God wants you to be aware. And I'm going to cover some of those things that's a little bit close to home tonight. All right? And so, amen. At one time, this devil, evil supernatural power, we were all under his power and influence one time, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, says, And you have he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in times past... You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of air, the spirit. Listen now, the spirit that now worketh in children of disobedience. In other words, children who practice disobedience. It don't make any difference what sign you get up. You can say, well, I'm church of God. But if you practice in disobedience, that spirit is at work in you, okay? Because you practice disobedience. Amen. Well, you said you've been listening to a lot of radio preachers. Oh, we sin uh, every day. You, you need to listen to the pastor because we're holding this church and we believe that God empowers you, 
give you the ability to walk in what you know. As sure as he gives you the understanding, he gives you the power to walk in it. And if you're having difficulty, it's because you hadn't totally surrendered. Okay, and, and I, I, you know, absolute surrender, you know, uh, unconditional surrender. I, I had a problem with that one time. I said, God, what's with this absolute surrender? Will you open that up to me? And he opened it up to me. I said, God, can you help me to understand this absolute surrender? This unconditional surrender? And he opened it up to me. Because there was an area in my life, I was doing pretty good, but I might bite the bullet once a month, once a quarter. I said, God, can you open this unconditional surrender to me? God opened that thing up to me. And I was able to unconditional surrender to God. And walk in victory in the area I didn't have the victory in. Even though it was once a month or once a quarter. <laughs> Praise our God. You can come before him and you can cry to him. Oh, God, I don't want this in my life. Oh, 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 oh God, break this. He'll break it. He'll meet you there. He'll help you there. And nobody else may not know anything about it, but God knows he will meet you there. So I'm just telling you. I'm just saying. Well, praise our God. And so this spirit being, this prince of the power of the air, influence. We all were under his influence at one time. We all had our conduct. It says in verse 3, Ephesians 2, 3, among whom we all had our conduct in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. Praise God. And I'm going to tell you, in this day and age that we live in, you're going to be right back in there because I'm telling you, that's that spirit that's controlling, but God can keep you. You can live in this world that's full of pornography and, and, and nudity, and you can stand if you lay your heart before God in absolute surrender. But if you don't, the devil's going to have you by the nose. I'm, okay? I'm just telling you. And repeated sin is a doorway. And Satan wants to take you to another level. He wants a stronghold in your life, but he wants to take you even further. Amen? Listen. This spirit being hinders the lost from coming to the truth. You know these scriptures. I'm preaching to the choir, I understand. But it's good to be reminded of these things. Again, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but it's good to be reminded of these things. Listen, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. We, we got to know, we, you know, we, we, we're talking about sharing. You can't share. You know, if you want to be effective in sharing your faith, you better bind the powers of darkness off the minds of the people. You think you can just go share the gospel and you're going to see these folks saved? No, this is spiritual warfare. You need to bind the powers of darkness off the minds of the people you plan to witness to. I'm telling you, it's true. This is a battle. Their minds are blind. You think you can just argue with them? It's not going to work. The minds are blind. 
talking to a guy who's going through a divorce, and he cannot believe his wife, her thinking. Something has happened to her mind. It is such an amazing phenomenon. He said, it's almost like she's not the same girl. But he's got to bind the powers of darkness off her mind. She's got to pray that God opens up her understanding, calls her to see the truth. But this is spiritual warfare. And so sometimes you're in the living room sharing your faith with a neighbor or something. You need to go to the bathroom and say, I bind you, Satan, off the mind of my friend. I do not give you the right to hinder her from understanding or receiving Jesus Christ. And you'll be surprised at the difference. I'm just saying. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Yes, the enemy blinds them keeps them from coming to a knowledge of truth. And I'm praying for some crazy things. I'm saying, God, is it possible for me to lead somebody to Christ every day? Is that, is that really possible? The Bible says all things are possible if you can believe. God, is it possible for you to lead me to somebody who you prepare for me to share my faith, to get saved every day? I don't know. But I tell you what, in a church this size, this, the ministry of this church, somebody ought to be getting saved every day. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. Running him out the door. No, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Amen. Because, you know, maybe one person can't do it, but I tell you what, if everybody trusts God to lead them to someone whose heart he has prepared so I can share my faith today, oh, watch out. Watch out. Watch out. Listen, his appetite, this enemy we were talking about, his appetite is never satisfied. Someone says, it's insatiable. Listen, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, has a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplishing your brethren that are in the world. Yeah. And so you're not the only one going through the changes you're going through. Amen. Your other brothers and sisters are going through their standing. You've got to resist by faith. You can stand. It's the implication there. You don't have to give in. Yeah, but you don't know. You don't have to give in. Okay. Listen. Repeated sin open doorways to Satan and demons. Now, I want you to understand God has a protection plan. Okay. Uh, in Job 1, 9 and 10, you know the story. Amen. The sons of God presented himself before God. Satan came. And he said, have you considered, now, he, he, you know, he, he could have said, have you considered Pastor Tony? Have you considered Pastor Jesus? Same thing. Uh, perfect and upright. Somebody said, are you perfect and all right in the Lord? Amen. Listen, listen, listen. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. All right. If there's any sin in my life, he showed to me, I'll confess it and forsake it. But we believe in holiness, that you can walk in what you know. And God cleanses you from all sin. And you can walk in what you know. Now, if, I, if there's sin in my life, he show me. I'll confess it. I'll forsake it. Amen? Praise God. But we serve a holy God. Okay? 
Well, praise God. Somebody said, well, he understands. He does not. Okay. Okay. Praise. Uh, God, thank God for forgive, uh, provisions for forgiveness. Okay. So, 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 yeah, he said, uh, Satan says in, in verse 9, Satan answered the Lord and says, Job, fear you for not. Listen to what he said. I claim it for yourself too. Has not thou made a hedge round about him, about his house, and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance increased in the land. Praise God. What a testimony. Listen. Now, Satan was not deceiving God. God's always in control. But listen. But, but, but I want you to keep that in mind. We've got this hedge of protection around us. I already told you, though, repeated sins will open that door, that hedge. Okay? Now, Cain opened the door. Okay? In Genesis 4 and 6, you know, Cain was really upset because God accept Abel's sacrifice is not his. All he had to do is negotiate, give the brother some vegetables. The brother would have given him a, a sheep without spot. He could offer that thing before the Lord. No, he got upset. He got angry. And one thing led to another. Next thing, he, he, he had unforgiveness in his heart. Then he wanted to kill the brother. But listen, but God in his love and mercy, I want you to see the tender heart of God. In verse 6, the Lord said to Cain, while you're off. Why should continents fall? The God of heaven, the living God, the holy God, took time to say, Cain, son, why are you upset, son? That's an amazing thing. Verse 7, if thou doest well, he says, thou shalt be accepted. If thou doest not well, sin lies at your door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And, and, and the Arabic talks in terms of a demon being crouched, ready to pounce upon you, okay? Listen, the brother made the wrong decision. And when he made the wrong decision, Satan was there. The brother opened the hedge by making the wrong de decision. And this, this, this was this area of rejection. Man. I mean, two primary areas we find that we, we, we really, uh, uh, people who really struggle is the area of unforgiveness. And I mean in the church. People get hurt in the church. Deep hurt. You know, folks in the church don't speak. To, what? One set on this side and one set on They will not speak. Look, I'm telling you, uh, unforgiveness because they got hurt in the church. It's, it's a serious area because that's an area that we find that people need a lot of help in the area of unforgiveness. And the other one is, is rejection. And a lot of times the rejection takes place when they're a kid. Mom rejects him. Dad rejects him. Sunday school teacher rejects him, whatever. And, and, and it opens up such a wound in their heart. Re, 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 rejection. And so what the enemy does, he signs little demons to your hurt. And to your pain, because he does not want you to heal. He wants to keep you off balance. And, and, and rejection goes deep and highs. And, and it manifests either you're the life of the party, or you don't trust anybody because you want to get hurt, and a number of things. And sometimes people take that in ministry. And they can be pastors, still struggling with rejection, never, never dealt with it, never got healed. That door needs to be closed. I'm just talking about these unclean spirits, how they work, okay? That's all I'm saying, okay? And they get down where we live. Hinder our effectiveness. Listen, amen. And so there are consequences when you break this hedge that God, God, God has this hedge of protection. Listen, Ecclesiastes 10.8, and, and it's an interesting verse. I'm interested in the second part, but it says, he that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, but the latter part. And whoso breaketh the head, a serpent shall bite him. And, 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 and somebody says, well, uh, that's not the way it was written. Yeah, but it sure is said some good stuff. Listen here. He says, if you break the hedge, 
and I'm applying it to the hedge of protection that God has around you, guess who's going to be there to bite you? He says, if you break the hedge, a serpent shall be there to bite you. And that's what I'm talking about. God's got this hedge of protection, and you break it through willful disobedience, there's a serpent going to be there to bite you, okay? The doorway, that's all I'm telling you. A doorway. So there's consequences when you disobey God. Somebody says, well, I get forgiven. Yeah, but I don't stop the reaping. Okay? Whether you're in the church or out of church, somebody said you can, uh, you know, you, two people in church could be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and begin the date, and, yeah, and then instead of setting boundaries, and they're going to touch, feel, and handle, and touch, feel, and handle always leads to certain things, they end up committing sin. Fornication, come back to church that night, get it settled, Tell them, we're, not gonna, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're just going to break this off, you know, because hey, we, 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 you know, she gets pregnant. Yeah, but I asked God to forgive me. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, but I didn't do it but one time. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Doorways must be closed, okay? The doorways in your life must be closed. And I don't know what God is saying to you, but the first time I preached this message, it's a long time ago, my associate pastor was sitting there, and he said to himself, what is the matter with this pastor? Why is he teaching such a crazy message? Well, when I gave the altar call, he was the first one down there. And so he began to remember as the message went forth. You know, I was over in Africa, and you probably heard the story because I, and he says, we were around this guy that he stole something. They put a rope around his neck, dug a hole in the ground, put one end of that rope in the hole, had him get on his knees, and they said, did you take that? The guy says, no, and that rope went, and there was nothing in, the, in that ground, just a hole. Did you take it? No. And pretty soon, yeah, 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 yeah. And the brother got to thinking about it. He says, man, I, I was involved in something occultic. And I, that could be a door in my life. I'm going to close that door. <laughs> yeah. Well, praise God. In high school and in college, a lot of folks are playing with the Ouija board. That's a door. That's occultic. Oh, well, I just use my horoscope occasionally. That's a door. Well, Pastor Gita, what, what, what sign are you? I said a cross. Doorways must be closed. First doorway real quick is the occult doorway. Occult doorway. Yeah, uh, Ouija board. That's the occult. Uh... You stressed out, so you decide to call a psychic hotline. That's a door. So maybe you're watching Oprah, you know. She has the guy on there who's, who communicates with the dead. Well, yeah, why don't you call him and he can communicate with your loved one. That is a door. Necromancy. God said you don't communicate with the dead. That's a door. And I meet people, you know. Afrocentric background. Well, my grandmama came to visit me. Well, you better bind that spirit because <laughs> that's a door. Now, that's not the way God normally. I know we, we like that. 
You know, look, oh, granted, God could do anything he wanted to do, but look, I'm just telling you, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. There are doors that the enemy wants to break. Girl come to church. She come to the altar. I go down to pray for her, and she says, something is in my house. It pulls my hair. It moves things. I said, what? I said, are you a Christian? Yes. So I began to find out if she was really a Christian. She was. I said, well, if there's something in your house that moves things and pulls your hair, there's some kind of door that's open that gives this demon the right to do that. Because he doesn't have a right to do that. You're a believer. Let's find out what the door is. So we went over to her house. And we went through everything, you know, astrology, you know, Ouija board, whatever we can think of. Couldn't come up with anything. So as we were closing, she says, my grandmother recently died, and uh, she was a shaman. I said, that's the door. Uh, you know, she was a native Eskimo, and she was a shaman. In Africa, it would have been the witch doctor, you know. And the Indian culture would have been the medicine man, but it, either way, it was occultic, okay? They were in cahoots with demons, okay? And I said, sister, that's the door. I said, that spirit that dwelt in grandma, when she died, he wanted to continue to work in the family. He's a familiar spirit. And he just came to your house, but he couldn't come in you because you were believer. but he sure could stir up mess. And so I led in a prayer, confessing that as a generation of sin, asking God to forgive her, and acknowledging that that's grandma was into, that's a generational curse, bring that thing under the blood in Jesus' name and declare that that demon has no more right to work in that family line, from, at least through her, in that direction. She never had a problem with that again, okay? But, but that was a doorway that needed to be closed. Amen? Well, praise God. So the occult doorway, and, and so uh, whatever God says, but I'm going to read it, it says, when thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abomination of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. Okay? Well, we're not offering them to Moloch and that kind of stuff, but we just, we just do through abortion. It's the same spirit. Okay? So we offer our kids up through abortion and not through the fire, but it's the same spirit. Okay? Amen. Okay? And it says, Thou shalt not learn to do after the abomination of these nations. There should not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or use a divination, or, or an observer of times. So let's go back to astrology. Or an enchanter, or a witch. Okay? All right? Well, Casper's all right. He's just a good witch. The enemy is working through a lot of programs now just to prepare your kid. And so uh, Disney finally come out and said that they're going to do all they can to, to keep uh, putting stuff in their uh, movies to, to teach our kids uh, uh, this wokeness, you know, and, and stuff like that. And so, but they've been doing it all, all along because uh, I can go back 20 years uh, uh, if when the Lion came, came out and, uh, and we bought him that uh, uh, video. And I'm in church. He's sitting up there. He's about nine years old. He had his legs crossed on the front seat like that. The only thing he didn't say was, um. I said, stop that. I said, 
Where'd you get that from? Now, I tell you, I never picked that up in, in, in the line. He says, from the lion king. Yeah, but he looked at it a hundred times, you know. And, and it's amazing. That's what he picked up. It was amazing to me. But it is what it is. Listen. Amen. So they all cloaked away. So I don't, I don't know what God has said to you. Unforgiveness, we said that's the main sin uh, that folks have a hard time with. And so uh, Mark, Mark 11, 24, and he says that when you pray, amen, well, you know, whatever thing you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive and you should have them, okay? Verse 25, 11, 25, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you of your trespasses. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you of your trespasses. Now, believers think they cannot forgive and they are right. They know they're not speaking to the guy on the other side. They know I can't stand to be around her. Listen, you better get that right because God says he's not going to forgive you. And so you, you, need to, you need to come before God and say, God, help me. Help me to forgive. Help me, Lord. Lift this thing out of me because I don't want to carry this thing around my weight, my neck anymore. But God will help you. But you need to be honest about some things, see. Uh, well, praise our God. Unforgiveness is real serious. Now, sometimes you need to forgive God. Oh, what, what do you mean? I, I have counseled people. This lady was a faithful Christian. But her only son got killed. Gunned down, you know. Yeah. Somebody says, since uh, George uh, Floyd uh, was killed and that, you know, defund the police and all that kind of crazy stuff, black homicides increased 32%. You know, I already had a problem, but black on black crime is a real problem. May the Lord give us grace to deal with it. Black Lives Matter show don't care about that, but we'll leave that alone. I won't get in trouble. We keep preaching. You're going from preaching to meddling, so let me stick with the message. All right. Stick with the message. All right. And so this lady was hurt so bad, she couldn't understand why God did it. God didn't do it. That was the devil. But she was so upset with God, she stumbled. She backslid. But then she got cancer, and she was on a deathbed. And I was able to work with her and help her settle that thing, you know. I mean, some people are upset with God, but they don't want to tell God. Well, he already know you're upset with him. He know that in your heart you're saying, God, I am upset with you because I think you hadn't been fair with me. Now, come on. You need to tell him. So I just try to help people just go ahead and tell him. Go ahead and tell them exactly how you feel. Because once they start telling God exactly how they feel, the next thing I know, they oh, God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, okay, that's why. Tell them how you feel. You upset with him? Tell him. He's a big guy. He already knows you're upset with him, but he want to help you deal with this thing. But see, but folks, get, look, look, folks, I got upset with God. I know how that works. I had cancer on my head. First thing ticked me off was, what, how come I got cancer? I was really upset about that, okay, because I believe in divine healing. I'm going around trying to pray for people and preaching divine healing. You know? Then I get cancer on my head. I'm like really upset with God about that. So then I want to know how I'm going to deal with it. I ain't going to tell my wife. I ain't going to tell the church people. I'm not going to tell 
Yeah. Look, I go through the same change everybody else go through. Okay, so, so I was praying and trusting God to take care of that cancer right away. And the cancer didn't go away. Now, now I'm really ticked, okay? I'm really upset. So I'm saying, God, you know, what's going on? Finally, I went to the doctor. And the doctor says, if you're going to have cancer, that's the one you want. That's the easiest one to deal with. And so I finally decided to go and let them take that thing off my head. I told my wife about it. I didn't tell my kids and I didn't tell the church. But when they saw that bandage, now they were upset. <laughs> what? You didn't tell us? We couldn't come along with you? I said, I didn't want y'all unbelief to kill me. <laughs> so I, I, that, was, that was bad. But anyway, so I said, next time I'm going to do that. But then I, I, I wasn't done yet because now... They were saying, praise God, you know, because that thing disappeared. You can't even tell it. Somebody says, uh, praise God, God healed you. Then I'm saying, did God heal me? See, I, I go through the same changes everybody else goes through. Did God heal me? Nah, the doctors healed me. God didn't heal me. But then God, God is kind of like, okay, God, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. I finally had to come to a place and say, okay, God. You heal me because all healing comes from God, okay? And I had to humble myself. Now, here's the strange thing about God. No sooner than I got that thing settled, one of my members told me about a lady who was related to her, and I happen to know this lady. She was diagnosed with, like, stage four or whatever it is, breast, uh, lung cancer, and, 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 and the, she, she felt that the doctors were so rude that the doctor said, you know, go home and, and, and get your house in order or whatever Anyway, and she told me about this. And, and believe me, when she told me about that, I got upset about it. And I said, I'm going to pray for that woman. I, I went to pray for that woman. And God healed that woman completely. Now, so you say, hey, oh, hey look, I just showed up, okay? So, so I, I went over there and prayed for that woman. Two years later, the woman is standing in my church in the foyer. And she said to me, I am so glad that you came by. I said, look, sister. It was God. Yeah, but he, he, he worked through you. He sent you. I said, yeah. And she said, my doctor said, not that the cancer is in recession. My doctor says the cancer is gone. I said, oh, praise our God. You know, but all I'm saying is that it's, you know, so I sit back and marvel at God because, you know, here I was with this skin cancer. And me, he, he was teaching me something. I went through some changes on that thing. And then that woman, he just healed that woman, because even when I was praying for, I'm looking at him saying, God, you, you healing this woman, God? Something's happening to this woman while I'm praying. What, what's going on? <laughs> anyway, so but that's God. Sex doorways. Sex doorways. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 18 and 19, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is about the body. But he that committeth fornication sins against his own body. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? which you have of God, and you are not your own. Amen. Well, I know one thing. If you're looking at some of these programs, you know, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, so you're going to have to set up some boundaries. If that's an area that you have some problems, in particular pornography, not only do you have to have set up some boundaries, you better be accountable to somebody. Yeah, buddy. That'll be a count. Anyway, uh, so sexual doorways. Uh, 
Yeah, be careful pornography. Keep the marriage bed pure. Marriage honorable and all, bed undefiled. Whole among us and adulterers, God will judge. And I just want to say something about soul ties right quick, and I'm almost done. You know, the Bible says two become one. Two become one. That's sure enough. So if you are involved in premarital sex, there's a soul tie that took place with whoever you slept with. That soul tie needs to be broken. Well, you know, I came and gave my heart to the Lord, and you need to break the soul ties too. Now, God can break those soul ties, but he doesn't always, you know. It's like God can kick, kick demons out when you come, but he doesn't always, okay. But uh, I'm just saying, you know, and so what happens is I, I knew a guy, God just saved this guy. And it's so amazing how God saved this guy. And very shortly, he was back into sexual sin. And I'm like, God, what happened? I know, God, you changed this guy's life. How did he get back in sexual sin? Well, uh, from talking to him, found out that the babysitter had molested him. Uh, he got involved in sexual sin through that doorway. And, and then he was, one thing led to another. And so we had to break some, we had to break those soul ties because the enemy is able to come against them, emotional, spiritual, and physical. There's a doorway that he can pull people right back in. Sometimes people break relationships and they don't wonder, well, why am I being pulled back into it? Because you can break soul ties, okay? And there's different kinds of soul ties. Sometimes uh, a son, maybe 50 years old, but he can't break away from mom. He can't hold a job, can't get his own place. Now, I'm not saying, I'm just saying sometimes the problem there is uh, unhealthy soul tie. That thing needs to be clipped so that brother can be free of mom. I don't know. Uh, uh, or, or some marriages, uh, you know, um, the wife can't get break away from mom. And uh, maybe mom is in the house and husband's having problems, you know, clip something, he breaks something. But there's different kinds of soul ties. But uh, sometimes there's unhealthy soul ties that need to be broken. Okay. How do you break it? You just, uh, you know, the way I do it, I know this one lady, husband was abusive. Uh, and uh, he was uh, misogynistic. And uh, anyway, when they relationship broke up, uh, and, uh, and, and, and she, she, she did love him, but she was fearful. So I prayed with her to break the soul tie. And in the name of Jesus, I take the sword of the spirit and I break that soul tie right now. She's free from him. He's free from her. It's under the blood of Jesus. And boy, bam, she got delivered right away. And I said, wow, Lord, I never seen it happen like that before, but nevertheless, I'm just saying, and so soul ties need to be broken. And, and, and so in case of rape, rape, rape victims, uh, now Planned Parenthood or, 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 or crisis pregnancies, brother, not going to deal with this, you know, uh, woman get raped, and it's almost like a stamp put on her, and then she's attracts someone else to rape. And so that thing needs to be broken off. Right? So I try to break that off people who've been raped so they don't get raped again and break the soul ties. Uh, from the abuser as well. But anyway, so add unforgiveness and you know, leave them through all those steps so that Satan don't have a, 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 a ground to keep that person off balance. So, and different other things may, may happen. But anyway, pride. The Bible says pride goeth before destruction, a honey spirit before fall. Pride. Thinking you're better than somebody else because you look better, because you sing better, because you got more money, <laughs> you're smarter. You need to be careful. Amen. Now, that's a natural pride. Everybody should have a natural pride, but we need to be balanced, okay? Judging others less than yourself because their lives were more sinful. Now, this is a church of God problem. I've seen it work. I've been church of God all my life. I am three, third generation church of God. I never got in deep sin like that person. So you're looking down on that person because that person came in the church of God out of a life of sin, and you are turning your nose up. Pride. You need to be careful. 
You need to be careful. You lay that thing on the altar. If that's you. Amen. Well, so these doors need to be closed. Somebody say, well, how do you close them? Well, you pray. A prayer like this, almighty God, you know, thank you for your faithfulness to me. You know, I acknowledge whatever sin or doorway God tells you to close. Against you and you only have I done this even in your sight. And I acknowledge that the following of sin. I don't know what God is saying to you, but normally I have a handout to pass out. But I'll send you past this prayer. And if somebody wants a copy, but they can have it. But, you know, and, and I repent of them. Lord, I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, you know, uh, connected with them. I now bring each of these doorways under the blood of Jesus, declaring with my mouth that I am forgiven and that these doorways or gateways are now closed. I declare that Satan and his demons have no legal right to come against me or my offspring. I declare that every soul tie broken, and I take the sword of the Holy Spirit, and I sever every soul tie. I am free from whoever. They are free from me. Satan has no legal right or permission to work in my family line or come against me or my family in any way. Father, lift out of me in a demonic infestation. I command every demonic infestation that may have come into me, into me or against me or my family bloodline to leave now and go to the foot of Jesus for judgment and not return. Go now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise our God. Now, I'm going to still do something here, and then I'm going to close, okay? Uh, I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer with me if you want to. You don't have to. But anyway, I'm going to pray it, and you can repeat it, Okay. I want you to please stand. Please stand. I'm going to. All right. And you can repeat that aloud if you like. Okay. Almighty God, thank you for your faithfulness to me. I acknowledge my sins against you and you only. Have I done this in your sight? I acknowledge the following as sin, and whatever you say to the Lord in your heart, okay? Um, I repent of them. I ask you to forgive me. Maybe I'm moving too fast for you. Uh, and cleanse me from all unrighteousness connected with them. I now bring each of these doorways under the blood of Jesus. Declaring with my mouth that I'm forgiven and that these doorways or gateways are now closed. I declare that Satan and his demons have no legal right to come against me or my offspring. I declare every soul tie broken. I take the sword of the Holy Spirit and sever every soul tie. That's unhealthy soul tie. <laughs> Amen. I'm free from whoever, if there's someone I need to sever it from. Anyway, you can say that in your heart. Listen, and they're free from me. Yeah. And then Satan has no legal right or permission to work in my family line or to come against me or my family in any way. Father, lift out of me. In a demonic infestation, I command every demonic infestation 
that may have come into me or, my, or against me or my family bloodline to leave now. Go to the feet of Jesus for judgment and not return. Go now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Now, I know this was a strange kind of sermon, but I'm going to believe that even in a small group like this, that somebody needed this sermon, okay? So let's just pray. Father, I commit this fellowship in your hand. Thank you for them. It's in Jesus' strong name I pray. Amen.